Hey guys, this is John and welcome to another episode of the Meatgistics podcast. For those of you on YouTube, you can see I don't have Austin here. I've got an old friend. We've got Mike from Pass It On Outdoor Mentors. John, thanks for having me today. Always a pleasure to have the person responsible for this wonderful toy I have right here. <laughs> um, so to back up for many, many years, actually for like three or four years, I've been trying to win a gun through Pass It On Outdoor Mentors. Austin's won one, Pat, or uh, Brett has won multiple. Actually, both of them have won multiple, I believe. I think Dylan's won one too. I just twist the knife a little bit. <laughs> twist the knife. So I enter. I'm sure I don't buy as many tickets as they do. Um, well, that's the secret. Is buying more that's tickets. That's the secret. I know. <laughs> I know. And I say it all the time. Even with the two guns that I've won through other things, if I took all the money I've spent trying to win a gun, actually with this, I might be ahead now. Because this is not inexpensive. No, it's not. That's a nice one. So I never done anything with a crossbow. Didn't know I wanted one. I walked into a Pass It On Outdoor Mentors golf event that Brittany set up, which by the way, is the best golf event around. We well, do a you. few of them and Austin and I leaving that one said, we will give up the other one. We're doing this one again next year. So I think we even lied to Brett and said, oh, it wasn't that good. No, we didn't do that. Um, but anyway, so I saw this and it's not a gun, but it does shoot things. It does. It really, really does. Uh, so I think I bought like a single thing of a tickets, which is either 25 or a hundred bucks. It was 25. Um, put one or two tickets, just that in here. And when they called the number at the end, it was me. And I was super excited. Immediately started playing with it. Uh, only thing I know about crossbows is what I remember from hunter safety was you need a like a decocking arrow. And when I was reading this, it said you don't need a decocking arrow. It's got a special feature. So I was playing with that, playing with that, playing with that. Not lubricating the rails. So my whatever this is called server serving completely unraveled. So it had to be <laughs> taken in for maintenance before I ever even shot it. But it also is. Just an incredible little piece of technology. Crossbows have come a long way. I mean, they it's just amazing what you can do with those things now. They're lots of fun to shoot. They are a ton of fun to shoot. And at like 25 yards, I've gotten very accurate. I can basically make the fletchings on the bolts touch if I shoot two and three. And that third one's in that area. Um, but yeah, just an awesome, awesome thing. Do you guys do crossbow hunts with kids? Sure. Yep. Interesting. <clears throat> yep. During the archery season for deer, you bet. That's not exactly easy to cock. I mean, it's not incredibly hard, but I have to imagine. That's why we have a mentor along. Okay. So they're doing it for him. <laughs> yeah. I can see that being a little bit, a little bit difficult. Um, but yeah, along with this, I also got the block, um, a set of bolts and people were making fun of me on meat gistics because I was calling them arrows. <laughs> and so they're like, Hey, you own a crossbow now. You need to know the terminology. <laughs> Uh, it comes with a nice scope. It is all around. Uh, I would never call one of my guns a toy, but this feels somewhat like a toy for me to this point. I haven't used it to kill anything yet. Yep. Well, at that's that coming. Point, yeah, that'll that is come. coming. I'm going deer hunting, hopefully fairly soon with this and looking forward to that. It should be a fun time. It should be a fun time. Uh, speaking of fun times. So at this golf event, I was looking for you. Obviously, I started to get concerned because I've never gone to an event for passing on without <laughs> you there. So I actually went up to Brittany and I said, is everything okay? Is, is Mike okay? And she laughed. He's doing fine. He's down in Argentina dove hunting. I immediately stopped feeling sorry for you and changed to jealousy. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, that was on my bucket list for a long time. And uh, <clears throat> through Pass It On, we had auctioned off uh, trips to Argentina. My son had bought one at one of our auctions. Okay. And uh, he knew that I was wanting to go. And so he got with my other son. And the two of them said, let's go. So we went down to Argentina in July, and uh, it was everything people talk about, high-volume dove hunting in Argentina. Yeah. Uh, we were there in, in the winter, of course, so it wasn't the peak season for dove hunting. But uh, between the three of us, I think we killed over 3,700 doves. <laughs> 3,700. That's between three people. Yeah. That's quite a few shots. 
I, I saw a posting on on this Outfitters website just this week, and uh, four men and their sons went down, and in three days they fired thirty seven thousand <laughs> rounds and killed twenty two thousand. Oh doves. my good lord, <laughs> that is absolutely insane. It it is insane down there, and and the neat thing is they they just treat you. Phenomenal. They fix you dinner, lunch in the field. Uh, and that was like pork chops and steaks and brats. And, and then they string a hammock in the trees and you take a siesta wow. after lunch and, and then you go hunt the afternoon. And, and the first evening when we came in from the hunt, uh, there was a young lady standing in the drive and she had a tray of hot towels so that as we got out of the truck, we could wipe our hands and face. I mean, they really treat you nice down there. It was a phenomenal trip. I'd love to do it again. It was too much fun. And how many days were you down there for? We were down there for four days. Four days. Okay. Yeah. And what was the travel like? Uh, no problems at all. We yeah, had no, <clears throat> no problems, no issues. I mean, you just go down and have fun. Did you bring your shotguns or did you use ones? No, we used, okay. we used theirs. Yep. I know you can fly in, inside the U.S. as long as it's locked and there's no ammunition in the same case, but I imagine international is a little bit more difficult of a... I don't know. I know guys there. take them to South Africa when they go hunting down there. So yeah, okay, that. It, it's just a hassle. You got to get through customs and you got to do extra stuff and there really isn't any need for it. And they've got plenty of guns down there and they, they all work. So I imagine. <laughs> they obviously all work. It's a crazy... Did you... What do they do with those doves? Are we? Uh, they they pick them all up. Okay. You got to understand, Argentina is. Um, I think they said the median income in Argentina is like six thousand dollars a right. year. Yeah. So I doubt if they're letting any food source go to waste down there. Smart. Um, you know, when when you're hunting down there, you have a bird boy with you, and uh, they don't let you open car doors. They don't let you load your own gun or carry your own gun. Um, so I was shooting it over under, and it was basically boom, boom, and you crack the gun open, and he stuffs two shells <laughs> in, and you're ready to go again. Okay. Um, but we would hunt until lunch, and while we were out hunting, the bird boys would go out and pick up all the doves. And then after we were done hunting in the evening, again, the bird boys would go out and pick up all the doves. And I don't know what all they did with them, but um, I'm guessing they put them all to good Assume use. Assume they got eaten. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, I was going to go dove hunting a couple of weeks ago here, and we were trying to figure out what we should do with it. So I asked the guys on Meat Justics. And the one that I chose, I haven't gotten any doves since then, but I want to make dove schnitzel. Just because I don't think I've ever seen that done. I've never heard of that. Even heard of it done. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. That could be pretty tasty. That's in the future, though. Little we'll dub poppers, uh, those, goes, those go down pretty good. Yep, that was the number one thing people recommended. But that, I mean, they're delicious. But everybody but does. It's been done yeah. almost to yeah, death. So I wanted to just try something different. But um, I also have, an, I have a Chief Upland vest. I don't know if you've seen them. Mm -hmm. We met the guy at uh, pheasant fest. Great conversation, had him on the podcast and he sent us a few uh, vests for us to, to have. I've seen those. Those um, look nice. They're unbelievably nice. Very, very comfortable. And then I talked to another guy um, from a company called ready rest. You heard of them at all? No, I don't think I've heard. So of them. they're out of California. Um, he's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's got really, really nice material uh goes over your shoulder say uh god what is it it's aircraft aluminum uh little platform covered in non-slick or non non-slip yeah coating so you can ground the butt of your gun on something secure mm -hmm. so pretty cool yeah looking forward to getting out in the field with both of those you going to the governor's hunt this year I am. Cool. Yep. We've All got right. uh, two young ladies, uh, one from Wichita and one from Garden City, both shooting on high school trap teams. Nice. And so they'll be representing Pass It On out there. Cool. Speaking of other things, Pass It On, we've just gone live with your new raffle. We did. Thank you very much. Walton's uh, donated a whole raft of stuff that we've got in this raffle, uh, stuffers and slicers and all kinds of things that... If somebody's needing to process meat game, this package will get you started and then some. It should have almost everything somebody would need. So I've got a picture of it up. Brittany did a good job putting that together. <clears throat> uh, so we've got a grinder, a stuffer, a slicer, a vacuum sealer, a knife sharpener, and then knives, 
pretty much aprons, heat resistant gloves, cutting boards, lugs, everything you would need. Yeah, really, over twenty three hundred dollars worth of gear. That's right. Yep. Pretty cool. Well, and I'm, we're very, very appreciative of what Walton's does to help us pass on our outdoor heritage to these kids. It's been uh, a blessing working with you guys. You guys are absolutely great and we appreciate it. Well, we've talked about it many, many times. It's not my money. So you know, <laughs> we've said it a bunch of times that you guys are doing important work, bringing in a new generation of hunters. And while hunters aren't our main focus they are a large portion of our especially our retail customers they're a really big portion of that so anything we can do you know it makes sense you're both doing good things and creating future customers well we're, we're pretty excited uh our shooting sports outreach program that we've been running for this, this is our fourth year of it has basically doubled year over year over year uh, last year we did 235 events as of last weekend we were at 370 for <laughs> this year so well on our way to more than double what we did last year. Awesome. And do you not, you have a new employee now that I haven't met, right? Somebody um, in Iowa? Yes, we do. We've got okay. a young lady in Iowa that's heading up our program there. And I think she's probably going to do somewhere around 120 events in Iowa this year. Uh, we're real excited about Iowa. Iowa has 4,000 kids shooting trap. At their state trap shoot last June, there were 3,300 kids at their state trap shoot. It takes them wow. five days. They threw, at the state trap shoot alone, they threw over 800,000 targets. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, there were some more rural schools around where I grew up that maybe had something like that. But certainly, in New York, that is not anywhere near, like, in fact, they probably would outlaw it, most likely in New York. I'd <laughs> say no. Now, I did, like, I think it was four years before I got to our high school. We used to have a gun club. So it really was around the late 90s where things really started to change attitude-wise uh, in New York with guns. I bring that up because you say there's how many kids in Iowa shooting? Over 4,000 okay. shooting trap. So... I feel very secure, and I argue with people this all the time, about kind of where we are with our 2A going forward. You know, the more kids we get introduced to it, I mean, that gets our families involved. There's a ripple effect, all yep. that. Um, <clears throat> I think for the heart of America, we're probably in good shape. Coastal air America, I don't know how that stacks up out there as well. I know there are some shooting sports out there, but uh, not like you see here in, in the Midwest. I mean... In Minnesota, they started the high school clay target league. They've got 15,000 kids shooting trap in Minnesota. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. They're, I just got back from Minnesota, and while there's some craziness up there, definitely, they're blessed with a beautiful area of the country. I mean, it, it is beautiful gorgeous. Yep. Uh, when we went up, um, Chris from uh, Pheasants Forever took us on a boat ride of Lake Minnetonka. And it's just gorgeous the whole way. Driving to the airport, I'm like, this is absolutely gorgeous the only problem is cold up there it does but it gets cold here too <laughs> not like that oh it's not that much better we had negative oh. 10 here a few times since i've been here yeah, that's just but, in the last eight years but up there it's every year and it's no we're yeah, just talking about as far north as i'm going yeah, that is actually true <laughs> um the first year we went up there first time i ever went up there was for the first pheasant fest right right at the beginning of covid um and we were loading or unloading the trailer and Brett or Austin, I think it was Brett, looked at me in like distress. And he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, what's going on? It's like, your nose is bleeding. And I put my hand up to my nose and it was just like gushing blood. It had just let go <laughs> from the cold. It was so cold and so dry that ah. just like the little bit of exertion from picking something up. So yeah, eh. I take that back. It does get significantly. Uh, we were we were up there one year, and we were go leaving the hotel to go to the pheasant fest. And uh, the folks at the hotel said, "Now listen, if your car breaks down on the way, don't get out of your car. <laughs> Stay in your car. Somebody will come help you, but don't get out of your car." Uh, it just brutal cold up there. It really, yeah, that is not good. No, I don't like that no. at all. Um, all right, so where can they buy? 
pack or tickets for this? Go to outdoormentors.org and you'll see a donate button there. And under that, you'll see a link to the Walton's raffle and uh, tickets are $25 each. We're only going to sell 500 tickets and we've sold over a third of them already. So when did it go live? It started live on Friday. That's not meant. Okay. So, so they don't have much time at all. They don't this have is, much time. This is tickets. coming out this Friday. Hopefully there's still some tickets available. <clears throat> They're going pretty quick. Okay. Uh, we will, in the meantime, we'll post some stuff on Meatgistics. We did some social media stuff already. Hopefully that helps, but it doesn't sound like you're having any problems. Things are going pretty things. good. We're, we're really tickled. And again, we really appreciate everything Walton's does to help us get more kids outdoors. I mean, our whole program is built around our program coordinators, like the new one we hired in Iowa. Uh, they organize the hunts and put everything together for the kids. And the program's going really, really well right now. Awesome. Um, next year, we will be available for bus to clay. This year, I know the spares came and I heard it wasn't quite as good, but uh, this upcoming year, it'll be back to the to the old crew. It'll be our 21st annual bus to clay. <laughs> That's impressive. Yep. We've been doing it a while and we're putting together some special stuff this year. We're excited about it. Cool. Anything you can talk about? Uh, or? Not yet. Not yet. We got some stuff coming. So it's out at Flint Oak. Um, it is an absolutely ridiculously beautiful grounds, beautiful hotel. Um, great cooks there too. Oh, you don't go away hungry. You do not. No, very, very nice. And then the uh, sporting clay course is awesome yep. as well. There are a couple ones that I just have many nightmares about leading up to it. <laughs> they come from nowhere and you think you can watch whoever goes in front of you and time it. You can't. No. It's just. Well, they make it fun. Oh, they make so the ones that are challenging, I talked to somebody, one of the workers there the last time we went, which would have been two years ago. Um, and he's like, yeah, we make this easy for you guys. And I was like, oh no, good <laughs> Lord. Uh, I think the yeah. first time I went there, I shot like a 70 and I haven't broken 70 since I've been in the 60s. Well, we tell them we want to, it's, it's a fun shoot. It's not a competitive thing. It's a fun shoot. And so we want it to be challenging, but not too challenging. We want to have, want everybody to feel like they can Maybe hit 70. It could be a lot easier. If the, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. I have no problems whatsoever with uh, hitting softballs. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yep. All right. As far as uh, actual in-town events, other than this, what do you have coming up? Oh, gosh. Uh, two weeks ago, we did our, was our big deer hunt weekend. We had 40 kids out. Nice. And, How many deer? Uh, 30 some deer, I think, were really? harvested. Yeah, the kids did well. What is your general success rate? Do you have them? Uh, I think on deer, we're in the 60% oh, 60 range. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, we get on some pretty primo properties. I mean, Fair enough. Um, so we get some great opportunities for the kids. And I know on some places, uh, we got five out of five. And <clears throat> other places, there were kids had opportunities and missed. And then other places, they saw deer, but they didn't get a shooting opportunity. But that's called hunting. And yeah. that's part of the deal. Yep. But uh, no, we generally do pretty good. We've got, I think this weekend, we've got coyote hunts, duck hunts, pheasant hunts, and a deer hunt on the slate for okay. schedule this weekend. What do you do for the coyote hunts? Uh, they go out, they, mostly in Western Kansas, they do some calling for them. Okay. Yep. When we get done with this off off mic, I'll tell you a story about <laughs> one of my friends back, or not friends, someone I knew back in New York who would do coyote hunting. And even I found it questionable. <laughs> it ethically, didn't sound like the best idea. Yeah. Um, so the kids who go out don't get one. Do they generally get another shot at oh, it? You bet. So we, you, we try and make. We, our goal is to get the kids out as many times as they can, even if they've got one. We welcome them coming again. Okay. Uh, you don't. Ev you don't learn everything you need to know about deer hunting or turkey hunting okay. or anything on one trip afield. Uh, every. Every hunting experience, I think, is a learning experience, even even today for me. I mean, you go out and the weather's different, the, the habitat's different, everything's different every time you go. It's always a learning opportunity. And we want to give these kids as many learning opportunities as we can so that they'll feel comfortable and confident going out on their own. Yeah. Uh, kids generally range, age range? We start at 11 because we require all the kids to have hunter ed. Okay. And we go up through college. So. No. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't. I mean, there are definitely some high school kids who probably 
do and can go out hunting by themselves, but they probably grew up in a hunting family on their own land. We see a lot of that. About 80% of the kids that we work with here in Kansas say they hunt, but at the same time, over 40% of those kids that go out with us and say they've hunted are hunting a new species. Okay. So maybe they've deer hunted, but they've never duck hunted. Uh, so our goal is to give these kids as many different opportunities to get out in the field and hunt as we possibly can. You, you don't know what kids are going to get lit up about. Uh, some kid may really enjoy sitting in a deer stand and watching nature and, and waiting for that big buck to walk by. If they're like me, they get bored to death. Uh, <laughs> but put me behind a pointer and I'll go chase quail all day. Sure. So we got to let the kids have those experiences outdoors so they can find their own path in the outdoors and what what's going to light them up and get them excited about it. In general, do you find most kids wanting to do a specific type? Is it upland? Um, Is it deer? I, I think... At this stage, most of the kids are just wanting to learn everything they can. Okay. Uh, there's a few that, that have already figured out what they want to do. Uh, we had one young man that uh, we put together a duck hunt, and he signed up for it. And, boy, he just called just about every day. You know, everything's still ready. I'm, I'm signed up. And <laughs> get, getting all the details on it. And I went on the hunt with him, and I, and I asked him, I said, you know, what, what got you so charged up about this? Because this kid showed up with his own pickup truck. The bed of the truck is full of decoys. He hunts ducks every weekend. Okay. And I said, well, what got you fired up about this one? And, and we had a, the local chairman of the DU chapter was hosting the hunt. And his whole thing was, well, I get to hunt with a DU guy. And he peppered this guy with questions all morning long. And now the kid is actually guiding for that. Really? For that uh, guy as a, in his uh, hunting operation. Huh? I mean, some kids, when they find a passion, they're willing to go Absolutely. all in after it. Absolutely. So that is awesome to hear. Now, are you a big duck hunter? I call myself a duck shooter. Okay. I'm, I'm not a duck hunter. I don't know how to call, uh, but I've got waders and I've got a shotgun and I got steel shots. So I can, I can, Fair I enough. can go out and shoot at them. Yeah. Um, Cold and, and. And I love doing it. I just haven't spent the time to become a duck hunter <laughs> wet cold and early in the morning those mm. early in the morning i'm fine with yeah but wet and cold not so much not, i'm not a big fan of that yeah. stuff <laughs> rather wait till it gets a little bit warmer and go with some dogs and chase some quail quail or pheasant yeah that's yep. really where it's at for me at least yep um Hopefully that changes though this year. I'm very much looking forward to uh, getting a big deer, getting that in my freezer more than really anything else. Uh, also have a quarter of beef from Crables coming. So I should be stocked well throughout the winter, no matter what happens yeah. with food. That's a good thing. When we're talking about kids bringing home deers, how many, like, do they all take all of the meat or some of them want Nothing no. to do with it. No, they pretty much all take the meat. They all do. We okay. we help them find a processor for it and and uh, get it all taken care of. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I know in the past you've talked about some of the kids who couldn't afford that. Uh, do you guys help out with that? Yeah, we take care of that for them all the time, or just the kids who the kids who can who need the help. Okay, cool. Yep, that obviously makes sense. Yep. Um, so you're selling. 500 tickets of this. 500. So 25 dollars will get you a one in 500 chance at. 23 something worth of yep. meat processing stuff. Pretty good deal. So pretty good deal. And those aren't terrible odds. No. Those are much better odds than I have at winning my gun, right? Much better. But so. again, if you buy more tickets, John. But I did buy more tickets this year. <laughs> I just probably didn't buy enough tickets. <laughs> well, we've still got several weeks to go in that drawing. We so do. We, and then I have the extra chance at the no winners. That's right. Right. So one of the things I love about your gun raffle is... If you happen to win one week, you automatically get a one in 52 chance at winning gun number two. That's right. Because you go into the winner's pile. And then everybody else, <laughs> all these not winning tickets, go in another pile. Up. Is it by ticket or is it by person? By ticket. Okay. So you, technically, you could win your gun, the winner's gun, and the loser's gun? Yep. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, technically greedy. you could I feel win, like that'd be greedy. Typically, you, technically you could win fifty-four guns if you won every week. Yeah, and the winner's gun and the bonus gun. So. Yeah, I don't think that <laughs> that doesn't. I probably wouldn't survive possible. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd have to come up with some sort of uh, yeah. 
I don't even even know what. There'd be a, a mob after there, you. I probably wouldn't sell any more raffle tickets yeah, either. Probably not. <laughs> that would not be a good thing. Um, do you have any special guns coming up? Uh, not right now. We just wrapped up a special raffle we did on a uh, six millimeter ARC AR-15 type rifle. Okay. We just wrapped that up uh, a week ago. Uh, we'll probably be doing another special gun here pretty soon um, where we have Chris Harder, who's one of our supporters, completely customize a rifle. And uh, he does some really nice stuff with them. Ends up with about a $5,000 rifle by the time everything's all outfitted on. Athlon donates a scope, and it's about a $1,000 scope they put on the rifle. So it's something that you could... Put quarter size holes in something and long this, way away. This will be not part of the regular raffle, right? Right. This will not be a part special of this raffle. Special raffle. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And that'll be yep. on your website as well? You bet. Okay. My eyes are already getting big <laughs> thinking about. It's not the winning that I even care about. It's the thinking about winning. Yep. It's like, yep. oh, if I get this gun, I will do X or Y. It's, it's like playing the lotto. If I win the lotto, well, I, uh, same thing. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to win. Right. It's just <clears throat> I went. I went to an event Saturday night, and there were only 50 people there. And I bought a bunch of tickets. But as is typical, I didn't win in one. And I did win a $5 bet because I bet the organizer, I said, now listen, I bought all these tickets, but I won't win anything. <laughs> and they said, oh no, everybody's winning something tonight because there were so few people there. Right. I didn't win no, anything, but I did no win a $5 bet. So. Well, 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 I mean, uh, before the bust of clay in 2018 or 19, the last one we did be- right before COVID, I strongly disliked whiskey, brandy, all of that. And I just threw something in your uh, whiskey raffle, got that, and I've, to my wife's chagrin, now enjoy very expensive whiskey. <laughs> I do not like the cheap stuff still. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I just never had really good stuff. That yeah. Dwellers was the first time I was like, oh. And then the uh, uh, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof is, for me, yep. that is the best. That's I've my tasted. wife's favorite. That's awesome. I like, uh, I, I'm a... A Buffalo Trace, uh, you know. You are? Or yeah, no? I like that. I tried mm-hmm. it. I wasn't that big a fan of it. I feel like it gets a lot of hype from the Joe Rogan podcast just because he <laughs> always talks about it. I just don't think it's like I, de- I would take the rabbit hole over that for sure. The Dwellers mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and clearly the Elijah Craig. So, yep. I don't know. There was another one that was in that. That I'm not going to be able to think of. I think of. there was a Blanton's in there, wasn't there? I can't remember what it was. My least favorite of all. I mean, I'm sure it was good. Or it was good. I'm sure it's gone, right? <laughs> so it wasn't bad. Um, I just, it doesn't stick in my mind. That's what it was. Yep, we had some nice ones in that. And we'll have some more this time. Okay. okay. My wife enjoys going out and trying to find some alligators to put in the raffle, so... That was a very nice thing about the last time uh, we got up to Busta Clay was getting to talk to your wife as well, getting to meet your better half. Yep, definitely quite, my better half. Quite the nice, <laughs> nice woman. Yes, so. indeed. 50 years she's been my wife, so. Congratulations. Well, thank you. How old are you now? I'm 70. Okay. So you got married right away. I did. Huh? Well, that's the way things used to be done. So. We did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not so much anymore. Patrick, how old are you now? 31, getting married now. I was 32 when I got married, so. My wife was 18. See? Yeah, that's what things used to be like. But no, whatever. Now we have extended adolescence all through our (laughs) 20s, and we have no idea what we're doing anymore. All right, is there any other topics you want to cover for i think we've covered pretty much everything you know we're always looking for mentors anybody wants to become a mentor and take a kid hunting and fishing there's a link on our website just sign up as a mentor we're needing lots of them i think we're going to end up over 500 hunts this year okay and uh, that takes a lot of mentors to pull all that off so how do you how are you doing on mentors are you seeing an uptick we are it, it's okay. going pretty good we've recruited i think I don't remember what the number is. Well, over 100 mentors, new mentors this year. And, of course, when we're doing 500 hunts, we need lots of them. Sure. We're, like uh, two weeks ago, we had 40, 40 kids out. That required 40 mentors. Yeah. So 
And these are all people that obviously have to be able to pass a background check. Right. Um, I know you said you like working with, what's the one organization? Something that you said you'll basically take their background check if they've been able to, big brothers, big sisters. Big brothers, big sisters. Right. Right. So if they've passed that, no problem whatsoever. Yep. Um, but also somebody who's not a big, no right. problem. They just have to pass a separate background check. Right. And it's basically the same background check the big brothers does. So. Well, okay. Yep. So there you go. That makes it easy. I just learned, uh, I don't even know if we should say it. Yeah, whatever. Um, we have our FFL. Uh -huh. I just went through the training to be able to process that paperwork. Ah. I will not be a responsible party, though. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely not. I saw those fines, and it gave me a nosebleed. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. Not doing that. Yep. All right. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us. We're going to get on to Meat Matters. I'm going to rant about vegans, and I don't think we want you I'll, I'll involved in that. on that one. Bow out on that one. That's the smart one. Thanks, buddy. Jonathan, thank you very much for having me today. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks. All right. So the first Meat Matters stories we have today is burden of proof. Which health studies are supported by strong evidence? Now, this is healthdata.org, and it's the IHME study. I don't know what that means. I read it somewhere at some point, but I've already forgotten. Um, what it does is it has a star rating system to help consumers make sense of confusing health guidance. So... It'll be five stars for very strong evidence of association all the way down to one star, which is possibly no association. And look what's on here as a one star. Eating less unprocessed red meat. Or, okay. That's the, the takeaway. <laughs> the one star is on eating more red meat causes cancer. Oh, no. It is a one star. So eating less meat or eating less unprocessed red meat may have no effect on the likelihood of having, I can't say that word, ischemic, ischemic, something like that. Sure. Uh, so strokes and cancer. I find that absolutely amazing that they would come out and say that. Now, I'm not surprised by the, the findings. I think we've known for a long time now that red meat, as long as we're not processing it and putting a bunch of junk in it is actually good for you. But I like to see somebody coming out and actually admitting that it makes me feel some hope. So who, what's the, who put this out? It's the IHME. Um, the article that just talks about it and lists a few of them, um, is healthdata.org. Uh, but IHME is what somebody can search if they wanted to look for that. And we'll try and put the, the links to some of these in our, our Meatgistics post, which I have to remember how to do since you're going to be gone. <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, all right. The downfall of fake meat. This is from The Takeout, and it is talking about something that's coming up more and more in the news recently, and that is these plant-based meat replacements. I mean, they are tumbling. They are in free fall. Uh, Beyond Meat obviously has a little bit of extra problems with their previous CEO trying to eat somebody's nose. There are almost unlimited number of jokes you can make there. We will leave those alone. Those are below us. They're yeah. beneath us. They're beyond us. Well, they're beyond us. That's perfect. <laughs> that was the one. That was the one right there. Uh, but Beyond Meat is cutting 200 employees to save eight figures in costs. Okay. So that is at a bare minimum, eight figures is $10 million. There are 200 employees. So that's 50 K average bare minimum hmm. upwards of, you know, it's not going to be, but if we said the max, it'd be 450 K average. Now there's no chance of that, but it's probably the majority of these people were making somewhere between 75 and a hundred and something thousand dollars a year. They also co-pack. So these aren't processing jobs. These are all marketing jobs. These are all R and D jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, just huge waste of money on the company's part, obviously. Yeah. I just, the, even the people that are like, Ooh, I'd love to try that. I just don't think the flavor was there or what they were looking for. I know texture is tough and, that probably is the most overlooked thing with someone's uh, mouth appeal, so to speak, is like, you're not going to go eat something again if the texture's way off. Nope. So. 
I won't for taste. Sure. You might go, well, right, let's try it again. You know? Yep. So, but, but if I remember something is ha- feeling bad in oh, my yeah. mouth, I'm not going or to if eat the last it again. bite. We always talk about this. I always save like the most succulent bite for last. And if it's got some kind of gristle or something in it, you're like, Oh, it was the worst meal. It ruins everything. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, little bit going on more with that. We'll skip to another story from uh, HelloFresh. They're conducting massive layouts, uh, closure of a Bay Area warehouse. That's 611 employees. It's a Berlin-based company, once considered to be the largest meal kit provider in the nation, has announced to plans to shut down its Bay Area production facility. The Would fact is- You said HelloFresh on this one? Uh, yes. Okay. Yep. Um, the fact is vegetarians were doing just fine without fake meat before beyond and impossible came along and hardly have reason to add expensive alt proteins in their diet. When the cheapest ones do most of the heavy lifting, they're talking about lentils specifically there when they say that, uh, indeed vegetarians and vegans were never the intended customer for beyond these products exist to cater to flexitarians. The heck? That w- so their goal was never even to go straight after vegans and vegetarians. They were looking for the person who wanted an alternative to meat mm. when they didn't want meat. Makes sense. I mean, but it's from afar, though, that's not what it would seem that they were going for. It seemed like they were trying to give good protein to people who maybe needed some because they didn't eat actual flesh. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know... Th- the only thing I could come up with, and I spent a good amount of time thinking about this. The only reason I could come up with that they weren't actually targeting the vegan and vegetarian community is because famously, those are communities that are impossible to please. Mm. They are, they want the most stringent rules on, you know, what happens to their food, how it's transported, how it's everything. Yet they still want to pay, you know, rock bottom prices for it and then they go oh the flavor sucks yeah and well no that one particular one i don't know if i agree with just because i've heard vegans say oh this is really good on some terrible stuff oh yeah the famous one was cheese (laughs) and so this vegan cheese is just as good as regular cheese it's like a that that's doesn't melt it's not cheese that's not cheese right imitation what are you doing there (laughs) it tasted like something like a polyurethane strips yeah Eh, it was just absolutely terrible but no they they swore they absolutely loved it um all right moving on we are coming back to vegans how come we don't hear about tofu anymore like i feel like that's a great question like everything was tofu this tofu oh we have a great tofu you know you can add tofu instead or something like you just substitute now it's just well there's still that very small aisle at the grocery store that's growing a touch with regards to like homegrown source stuff, so to speak. And that, you'll find it there, but yeah, it's just, people don't say the T word anymore. What yeah, but you could go to like any, certainly any Asian restaurant around and just say, I'll have the blah, 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 but please use tofu. Yeah. That's not. It's not common That's anymore. not a thing anymore. No, there's no tofu. Now there's two types of tofu. There's actual tofu that most people are familiar with and there's tempeh. Now, one of those is fermented and the other one's not. I can't remember which one is supposedly good for you and which one is supposedly bad for you. Um, But I know one of them has phytoestrogens in it, which is maybe lowers your testosterone. There's never any definitive study on that. Yeah. Yeah, Because it's phyto, so it's like not an actual estrogen. It just acts like an estrogen in your body. Mm. Don't know. I know I... I stopped eating tofu because my wife used to eat it all the tofu and tempeh. And I've read enough stuff on it where I was like, I'm not putting any more of this in my body. She doesn't eat any more of it either. Just that's not really neither here nor there. All right. Next article from Bon Appetit is, are the meat sweats fact or fiction? I think they're a real thing. They're definitely a real thing. We just had barbecue the other day and I'm usually the sweaty one. And then my fiance goes, whoa, it's got hot in here. I go, you got the meat sweats. There you and go. Like, And she adamantly denied it. And I was like, whatever. I'm not one to push that, play sure. that game. But I knew because it's happened to me before. It's happened. You know, yeah, we've, yeah, we've yeah. talked about it. There's actually yep. some validity to it. So 
And it, I don't know, barbecue though, it's especially like portion size is a lot. Like portion uh, size is huge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just indulgent in sauces and stuff like that. And then, I mean, the, the heavy starches that come with it, it could have been just a perfect storm. But if you, I mean, depending on the sauce, if you have a hot sauce on it, then I no longer consider that meat sweats. Yeah. You're sweating from eating too much of a spicy thing. Yeah. Happens to me all the time. There you go. It's probably people think they're getting the meat sweats. They're just, it's spicy barbecue. It could be, but I've also absolutely eaten too many ribs that do not have a, a heat to them and sweat after it. And there is some, not a ton, but there's some science to back it up. Um, so this is from the article from Bon Appetit. They say, while the term's not quite scientific, the biochemical processes that result in excessive sweating after eating a lot is, or a lot of meat is quite real. This is a dietitian, Nwadi Jones-Bell. Um, they have a couple RD, CDN, whatever that means. Uh, the founder and CEO of Brooklyn Nutrition Practice. Now, I went ahead and did some more research on this because I wanted to understand if I eat a ton of peanut butter, could the same thing happen? Like, what is it about meat specifically that mm. raises your body temperature? What it turns out is when you're, we're eating carbohydrates, we're going to burn up to 5 to 10% of that caloric value of that food when we're digesting it. Ah. When we're eating meats, it can be between 15, no, I'm sorry. It can be between 20 and 30% of the caloric value of whatever you're eating. Your body's going to use that just breaking down the food. So you're really only getting 80 to 70% of those calories. Meaning, I think I can up my caloric intake by 20 to 30% if it's all meat. <laughs> yeah, it'll just burn it off as you eat it. You're, yeah. Unless you don't get the sweats. Well, if you get good at it and then you don't Ooh. get the sweats, it's like a muscle you didn't know you are working. You're too, you become too attuned to breaking down protein. Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's a whole other science. But that's interesting, though. Yeah, it did. Now I'm trying to think. Did it say protein when I read it or did it say animal protein? Because there's protein in nuts and some other things. Huh. You'd be sitting there chewing a lot, so I bet. Sitting there chewing a lot. You probably have to have a lot of nuts compared to oh, the amount got, of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the same amount of protein? Yeah, so Absolutely. You probably, like I said, we run into this before where it's like you probably get sick before anything would kill you because of the amount you're having. So. Yeah, most likely. Um, but one of the things I found is that even just 30 grams, which is just over an ounce, is enough to increase your body temperature, though you won't start sweating till you're, you know, eating well more than that. But just an ounce of eating of meat will increase your core body temperature. Pretty interesting. Yeah. So we should do something where we keep coming back and eating just like Three ounces. <laughs> See what it does. Four ounces the next week. Five ounces. Oh. So Austin's going to have to buy us a bunch of steaks. No, we got steak. We're fine. Well, he's got steaks. <laughs> Those aren't ours. Donate them. Yeah, I've never pulled from out of there. All right. Uh, moving on, we've got uh, the FDA says these cereals are no longer healthy. Now, I don't. I hope you didn't look at this list, Patrick. Uh -oh. Okay. Tell me if any of these surprise you even the slightest. Okay. okay. Honey nut Cheerios. No. Corn flakes. Yeah, a little bit. Really? Honey bunches of oats. Yeah. No, that's very sweet. Frosted mini wheats. No. Why? It has the word frosted oh, yeah. in it. Why would you think that's healthy? Half, well, you're eating them. You're like, these aren't that good for you. Because if you get one without the a lot of the they, sugar oh, it's on it. terrible without yeah. the white stuff on it. But with the white stuff on it, it's delicious. Even if, like, I even, like, make sure, like, the, I'm trying to f figure out a way to phrase this. I like the frosting part only on the tongue, not the, like, the roof of my mouth. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, that wasn't sweet enough. <laughs> so it goes yeah, white side down. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think I've ever... Oh. I mean, it's been forever since I've had them. If you but. go one at a time, yeah, you'll be like, what the heck? So, Yeah, no, I would eat them one at a time, <laughs> I believe, at least. Um, milk was also amazing Yeah, after that. Oh, yeah. The, the little drink in the milk yeah. was whew, the, phenomenal. What other cereals we got? All right. Raisin Bran? Yeah, that's a hefty cereal. I mean... Raisins aren't good for you, really. I mean, they have a ton of sugar in them. There's a lot of positivity on the box. It's too smooth. <laughs> right. <laughs> the sun smiling. There's a lot of positivity on the box. Um, and then the last one, which did actually surprise me, Special K. 
Yeah, because that's just kind of a brand. So it's got nothing to it, if I remember yeah. it correctly. There's no sweetness. Maybe they're adding. Maybe that's one with strawberries or something. So that's. I said just regular special K. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it though, and that some of those I'm adding bananas to too. So it's like, yeah, don't eat bananas. Yeah, I, I, anything with cereal, like if you're gonna, it's gonna kill a lot of people. But like, I found out. You got to trust the serving size with cereal. You got to go. You got to go. Oh, what one cup or two, one and a half cups, and then one cup of milk, maybe. And then like it doesn't look like a lot because we all want the the big deep bowl or Mm -hmm. whatever that you you remember growing up with. But yeah, dude, that'll especially if you eat it at night for five or anything like that. That'll just attach to you and look at me. So I'm just (laughs) so I used to eat uh, Lucky Charms when I was a kid, and we had a you know a sugar bowl, and I would take like huge spoonfuls of sugar and put it on top of that. Yeah. How I didn't weigh like 400 pounds as a kid. Imagine if you didn't just like accidentally work out for fun. Like you just played sports. Which is all a kid is or it's all I did as a kid. Let me do this. Yeah. Um, All right. So this is from some local news station, but the title is this meat has unreal tenderness from being wrapped in clay. Stone Age style. style. Sweet. Now, reading through what they actually did is they took their meat, they wrapped it inside parchment paper, and then wrapped clay around it. Okay, so it's not directly touching it. So what's it actually doing? So it's is it? It's not cooked yet. Not yet. They then cook it after it's been wrapped in clay. Then they hit the clay with a hammer to break it and get yeah. your meat out from the inside. Oh, now, what it's it? what it's doing is it's essentially the same thing as cooking something in a closed cast iron yeah whatever yeah. it's just holding all it's not allowing a moisture anywhere to get off yeah so an interesting concept um you can buy cooking clay yeah so it's clay that's like specifically clean enough where you can it can touch food no problem mm-hmm. and you just break it off and whatever's on the outside you wash it off interesting don't know that i feel like trying it no that's but it is kind of cool seems like way too much i get like whatever tribe came up with that probably had to like, well, we have the meat now. We don't need to eat it till later kind of thing. So it was their version of a crock pot, I'm sure. But like, that's interesting though. Use, using the clay. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, if it wasn't cooking, it reminds me of like when you see these guys on YouTube where they like um, dry age something, something in butter or put it in, you know, a very yeah, what happened? consistency. We were going we to start doing some of that. We just got caught know. up I in think other things. The cabinet sometimes wasn't agreeing. So. No, but we weren't, those were ones where we were talking about just like covering it in butter. We talked about like some other, you came up with one that we thought might be really interesting. We we're going to stick them in, you just stick it in the fridge. Yeah. So we got to get back on that. It's just, just been a busy year. I was talking to somebody else about this. My 2022 was really minorly any better than 2021. Just sure. in yeah. a couple of ways. <laughs> that That was it. Um, all right. So you said tribes a couple of minutes ago uh, from IFL science. Neanderthals were carnivores with a taste for meat. Ooh. Shocking? No. No. <laughs> this is a taxpayer funded study. Is it? What are we studying this stuff for? Yeah, I thought that was common knowledge. Uh, but from the article, it says the results revealed that this individual's diet likely consisted of lots of meat as it was most similar in zinc isotope concentration to that of carnivores around the same time. Meat consumption is supported by both the zooarchaeological data at Kibasa and enamel analysis, so they looked at their teeth. Uh, furthermore, the low zinc isotope ratio observed in the single measured Gabasa Neanderthal specimens suggest that this individual might have had distinct diet compared with other carnivores around the time they're saying that distinction is they did not like the blood or bones so i can kind of understand why they wouldn't have wanted their to eat the bones i mean humans aren't really set up for that but i mean i like my meat the bloodier the better yeah i don't know what they're talking about. i would think cavemen even more yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Let me put my head in their body. I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can do that fairly easily because after my 23 Me or whatever I did, I have 
75% more Neanderthal than the average American. You know what you could do probably? Because you're like- Break of, things with my forehead? Well, of the age group, you could tell people you were like a Geico caveman. <laughs> they might believe it. Yeah, I was one of those four guys, not the main guy. Yeah, just act really mad. I'm the main one. Do you not know? No, you have to say you're not the main guy. Yeah. So that they don't look too deeply into it. They're like, oh, that's yeah. not oh, even yeah. that cool then. Do you remember that was a show? They had a show. <laughs> Did they really? Based on that guy. Yeah. That's how desperate they were for new things. I believe it. Um, so uh, I've got a tinfoil hat underneath here. I was going to take it out and put it on for this segment, but I'm, I don't have the energy to save for that. It yeah. Way. No, I want to talk about the segment anyways, but uh, on some guy on live TV over in Britain accused Bill Gates of <laughs> trying to put chips in like his meat replacement meals mm -hmm. that you would then eat so that he could track you. Oh, computer chips. Uh -huh. like, yeah. Yeah. Not like potato chips. <laughs> like same thing that they were saying about the, uh, vaccinations. They're like, Oh, they're putting a chip in there. Do you remember when people were like magnetizing? Oh yeah. Holding the magnets oh, up. Sure. So like same level of, of general craziness. Just from Bill Gates. Yeah, it seems to be a lot of it's aimed at him. Yeah. What, I mean, he yeah. is the largest landowner or farmland owner in the U.S. right I now. I saw that, yeah. That, well, we've talked about that a yeah. few times. That's, that's a little creepy. Um, and then there's a, another story that we'll wait for Austin to get back on because I'm very interested in his take on it. And I don't think I know enough about it. But uh, there's a $24.6 billion Kroger purchasing uh, Albertsons merger happening right now. So that is a huge portion of the country has Kroger or Albertsons. So that becoming one huge company could be very interesting for the, the regular shopper. I'm doing less and less of my shopping at Dylan's. So yeah, I, I've ordered, so I've gotten two steaks from there four steaks. Cause my wife had one each time in the last like month and a half that were legitimately terrible. Yeah. Like I cooked them same way I always do. Season them same way I had like the time before and, and the time after. The flavor was bad? No. Texture? The or? texture. Yeah. Was just, it was like almost hard. Okay. Like it was just really, really tough. And again. Same way. Reverse yeah. sear, no difference whatsoever. I think it's, and I have nothing to back this up, but I think it's part of uh, getting all of those animals to slaughter early. That was happening a oh, few months yeah. ago. Oh, like, yeah. Just pushing them to, yeah. That meat ready. is now the high, in the market. The high stress, yeah. Yep. Yep. High stress, underfed, um, all sorts of things. Uh, there's sweeping changes proposed in the way chicken and turkey meat is processed. So the U.S. Department of Agriculture on Friday proposed sweeping changes in the way chicken and turkey meat is processed that are intended to reduce illness from food contamination but could require meat companies to make extensive and expensive changes to their operations. So at a time when food is more expensive than it's ever been, this is really the best time to add more regulations because more regulations is going to be an increase in cost. These companies, Tyson, whoever, they're not just going to go, oh, okay, well, we'll eat this. They're going to pass that on to the end consumer. I concur. Yeah. Uh, the, the changes that they have suggested are test before the chicken or turkey enters the slaughterhouse. So are they literally talking about testing each animal? Because forget Te that. Test is such a loose word. That could be a visual test. They just like, oh, yeah, he look, they looked fine. Like, you don't know. That's fair. I'm sure it won't through be. if it's one. No, but it won't be. But it could be. It could be. I'm assuming it's a sample size. Like from every time a, a new flock arrives to be slaughtered, you take Grab at X random, number out yeah. randomly. Um, the second one is uh, enhanced testing during processing. Sure. Uh, I, I can see how that could possibly be implemented with somewhat minimal uh, slowdown to the process. And the last is establish a max level of bacterial contamination allowed. This amount has not yet been de determined, which makes me very concerned on a few levels. One, there is no current max level. Like they're just like, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. That was contaminated at, you know, blah percent. We're fine with that. And two, 
they're, they haven't either determined like what they're going to set it to. That has to be, that should be a fairly low number. Like that should be easy. It's like, Hey, if you know, X number of parts per million are bacteria, it all goes. They're not doing that already. Mm-hmm. That shocks me. Very, very shocking. All right. So for our last story for the day, Brett sent me this. Um, it is from Unheard, and the title of it is Big Veganism is Coming for You. So read a little bit of the beginning of the article. It's, I've seen Brave New World of Food Prophesies and Aldous Huxley's 1932 novel, and it doesn't work. Set in the world of AF 632, Huxley's dystopia offers nothing but synthetic nosh. At a party for the world's state alphas, the guests are included to take a carotene sandwich, a slice of vitamin A pate, and a glass of champagne surrogate. Even the proles get beef surrogate which these days we might call plant-based burgers. So this then goes on to talk about this Dutch town called Wageningen. Sure. W-A-G-E-N-I-N-G-E-N. Wageningen, right? That's the best I could come up with. Wageningen. Wageningen. Whatever. W. A hard word to say. Somewhere in Dutch. Deutschland. Deutschland is Germany. Deutschland, Deutschland. I love, I love like we're all just going based off of sports once again. For, like, <laughs> our understanding. Uh, real quick, not related at all, but I heard the Russian national anthem yeah. yesterday while something was on. I told my wife, I'm like, how much I love it. Yeah. Because it's just, it's a great tune from Rocky Four is the first time I heard it. And I just, it kind of gets you, like, gets you, and she it goes, you motivated. You speak Russian? I'm like, no, I don't know what they're saying at Man, all. I just so, like the tune. There's some odd uh japanese metal band i was into and i started just like singing it my brother goes are you singing japanese and i'm like i don't think it counts yeah but i don't know the word I'm i don't making, know what i'm saying i'm making tones i'm, right. I'm doing onomatopoeias to the <laughs> to the music okay so back to this um so my first comment before i even read it i wrote down this note is yes be very afraid of the vegans with their weak bones and undersized jaws yeah you know how much of vegans are actually a threat. Now, where the problem comes in is in this unholy alliance, which I think if you went back to, because I growing up in New York, I knew a couple of kids I went to school with were already like vegans, not vegetarians, but vegans. And they were around our town as well. I think if they looked at what's happened to like veganism and vegetarianism oh, right now, they'd They'd be mad. Be, yeah, they'd be against it. Yeah. They their whole thing was getting off, getting out of the food industry, eating only things like that. They knew exactly where it came from, where mm-hmm. they uh had had a part in growing it in something. This current marriage of big business and the vegan vegetarian movement is like everything they would have railed against back then. Mm-hmm. But it's happened so gradually like at first all of a sudden you know vegans start hearing oh there's a vegan burger out awesome in their mind at least i assume you kind of get hooked into it because you're like oh well now more people will try vegan stuff and maybe more people will come away around to you know our way of thinking so you start seeing that as like oh this is a way to further our ideology which is what i think veganism is Mm -hmm. um and they don't realize that they're getting for lack of a better term, infiltrated and yeah. in the end corrupted by these these large businesses. Um, so the flow of tainted money into veganism began big time in 2016 when Tyson Foods, one of the world's largest meat processing companies, took a 5% stake in a fake meat startup Beyond Meat. In 2018, Unilever bought Dutch meat replacement producer uh, Die Vegetarstofs Schlager, uh, for an estimated 30 million. Last year, Brazilian meat giant JBS bought the Dutch meat replacement company Vivera for $341 million. So, according to statements issued in the wake of the purchase, Vivera will remain an independent operation with JBS and keep its current management. So, I guess that's that should be fine. They won't have any oversight into it. Now, this article goes further and further into this name of this town, Wigan. Noggin, whatever it was, um, and talks about it is like the Silicon Valley of food 
it is unbelievably secretive. Mm -hmm. There is a university at the center of it that does a lot of the testing. The last head of that university came from one of these big meat processing places and or I'm sorry, the last one went to a big job at one of these meat processing places and the current one came oh. from one of these. Pipeline, yeah. Yeah, very much so. So all of this testing, we, we've talked about it before. Why do we trust what's on the back label of that? Mm. There really isn't anyone, unless there's a lawsuit going on, there's nobody going to stores and pulling things off the rack and yeah. testing that calorie. Well, then just taking plane. the product and what doing whatever process it is where they figure out exactly what's in there themselves independent studies i don't think such it's not feasible for them why what's you know what i mean who's paying them to do the study you know a third party so it's just no right nobody's doing yeah that. there's no one there's if i even had that, i was like well i'm gonna need money to do this and i don't think anyone's gonna make the money to do that so i've had numerous i when i was drinking a lot of diet coke i've had numerous where i'm like that tastes so much tastes, like regular Coke. Just off. I've had so many Diet Cokes where it's just the taste between Diet Cokes is off. Different between the Diet yeah. Cokes. Right. So I'm saying if batches get messed up oh, and some sugar sure. gets knocked into there. Well, we know human error. Yeah. You know they're not I mean? doing anything yeah. about that. And such a, you know, a, it is like baseball. You know, you want to have that traditionalism, old school, you know, compared to to new age, just methods of way of doing stuff. So it's just like, there's going to maintain human error until there's exactly, you know, yep. until we create a robot to do said thing. So, and then, you know, I mean, then you'll get your consistency, but then it'll be controlled to it. We're yeah. at AIs. You exactly. Know. Whole nother problem there. I wonder if there's a way, but my wife could help with that. Like if we could test, just don't worry about like what it says as far as sugar, how much fat, all that. Just figure out a way if you can test the calories. Calorie is a measure, measurement of energy. energy yeah. It's the amount of energy required to raise one ounce of water, one degree Celsius, I believe. Uh, that's from memory. Sure. could be gram or something like that. But I wonder if there's a way to somewhat easy way to test caloric value of a food. There's got to be. Maybe. We can right. research that for sure. We will, yeah, we will see if we can do that. Um, but a couple months ago, Austin and I were talking about the Dutch farmers being in revolt. There was a huge demonstration. The Dutch police actually opened fired on the the farmers. What they were protesting is the Dutch government telling them not to grow food. And they don't know why we're doing this, um, but obviously they didn't want to let their fields lay fallow while everybody were see was seeing uh, food shortages coming up. I may have found what that actual reason was. Um, the Nether in the Netherlands, there are 162 nature reserves. 118 of those are exceeding the ecological threshold for nitrogen, meaning the level of nitrogen in 118 of those preserves is an average of 50% beyond what they would call an ecological risk. Now, I couldn't find any documentation on like what that risk level would be, but uh, my, my advice to everybody would be plant a garden as soon as you can next year. Um, compost, bags of fertilizer last up to six months. Go ahead. It just reminds me, I saw a ridiculous story yesterday where California is now the fifth state uh, that will eventually <laughs> be allowing you to become human compost. Well, so instead well. of, uh, which, you know, it's funny. Someone was like, well, funeral costs have going up so much. I was like, I bet you this is going to become so niche. It's going to be more expensive to do so. Like they're going to, they're going to hijack the idea yeah. and go like, oh, you can become a beautiful, this. it's all marketing. Well, you have know? you seen the, uh, plant? I've seen you the get planted tree. in a bag yeah, and the tree, the tree comes tree out. Yeah. Once again, that's, I, I don't want to just disrespect anybody, but like, I'm not a big like ash guy myself if someone's getting cremated, so sure. to speak. So then they take, you know, it's, it's same thing as these companies that take a piece of ash, put it in jewelry or whatever. And mm -hmm. it's just, and it's a peace of mind thing or whatever people they have, the solace they have wearing it and stuff like that. And that's just same premise. I think, you know, um, I think each, especially with different circumstances of death, you want different, like not to get too macabre about it, but like, I think younger people, like sometimes 
um, parents don't want a gravestone to go visit. So sometimes they opt for like um, cremation and stuff like that. So, well, I mean, <laughs> you said not to get too not macabre to get too, and then you went with that. But, um, but, but, but to trace back, it's just, um, yeah, I could totally see how they just, you know, with it not even being political with being a California, it's funny. The other guy I told it to, and he's like, Oh, of course, California. Like I was like, no, 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 listen, yeah, there are other States doing it. I go, listen to what we're talking about. Yep. I was like, don't even, I go take that out of it. I'm right, sure yeah. it seems ridiculous, but a yeah. hundred years when that's when we're scattering people on a football field, like anyway, sure. I just yeah, don't yeah. know. I could see it, but I just don't want it to get hijacked for the wrong reasons, I guess. But fair point. Fair point. Soylent green basically is what it comes down to. Uh, no, exactly. It just reminds me of, uh, yeah, we're eating people or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly yeah, what but, it is. Or, no, but the snow piercers. So same premise, just slightly uh, off. Or they were using eating bugs. Yeah, right? bugs. So, yeah, bugs. But yes, a similar premise to that dystopian for sure. But uh, oh, get oh, your... Oh, and I would be super remiss if I didn't say that uh, Brave New World reference, of course, uh, also synonymous with uh, Iron Maiden record of the same name. So. <laughs> of course, there's an Iron Maiden plug well, in you know, thing. there's got to be. When it's there, it's there. So uh, We're doing our pre-Thanksgiving sale right now. Go to Waltons.com. There's a link at the top. Click on that. That is going to run for the rest of this month and through, I think, to the, the 14th or the 15th, somewhere around that um, of November. At that time, we'll be getting ready for our uh, Thanks Black Monday sale, which is another big sale. Um, and we'll have some reduced slash free shipping options coming up on this. So go ahead and take advantage of that now. Buy now and buy later. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Walton's, everything but the meat.